You are listening to a Best Of series only on Lance J Plus. So we're out here at Rise in, in Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm, this is the first day of Rise, so if you're watching on the video feed, people in the background setting up their booths and all of uh, that good stuff, I'm sitting here. I'm actually going to be broadcasting from Episource, uh, who's our primary sponsor. I'll be broadcasting from their booth the rest of the week, but we're, we have so many people to interview. Uh, we had to get started on Wednesday. I've been wanting to get... Julian Eckert on my show for quite some time. Now, she was supposed to appear at Rise in Nashville, and, and you had something that happened to you that happened to me before, that you come into a convention. I remember going to a convention I was supposed to speak at mm-hmm. in uh, New York City years ago, and I'm driving up I-95. I, was, I, went to, I went to D.C. to visit my family. And I'm driving up I-95, and by the time I get to Wilmington, my, my throat is sore. Mm-hmm. And by the time I get to New Jersey, I'm sweating buckets. And by the time I get to New York City, like, I had to pull over and get sick. Like, I was just completely not myself. And it just hit me like, boom. Like, I was feeling fine the day before, but feeling sicker and sicker in that two-hour ride from D.C. to New York. I got into a hotel in, uh, in Hoboken, which is right across the, the Holland no, Tunnel. Right. From, from Manhattan I was supposed to speak I was supposed to meet um, On 52nd Street mm-hmm. in, in Manhattan That was where I was supposed to, to have my meeting I got in that hotel And I was in that hotel For four days With the flu Like yes. 103 fever Sick Heaving Just uh, I remember I'm an avid Indianapolis Colts fan And they were playing A playoff game That Saturday I didn't even watch the game like I was so sick. Like it hurt. It hurt my ears and my body to actually have the TV eyes. on to watch the game. So I know that you weren't feeling well in Nashville. And I hated that for you. I was going to bring you some ginger ale and stuff, but you were like, "Nah, don't come in." You know, I can breathe on you. We didn't know if it was COVID. We didn't know what was going on. But it's really good to see you healthy and yourself. Uh, you and I talk uh, occasionally uh, via Zoom, but it's great to see you in person to see you well. Thank so it's good you. to see you, Julia. Thank you so much, and I'm happy to finally be here. And that you actually gave me another chance to come back. Oh, we were. And- we definitely were going. <laughs> Going to have you on the show. We have we have so much to unpack. Wanted to give you um, a chance to kind of opine a little bit. How was this year's star season? I don't mean as far as your star ratings at Clover, but just getting your team together, galvanizing your people, going through the runs, getting your vendors all in place because it's a it's a post COVID stars. You know, I was on the pre COVID stars, but post COVID, it's got to be different. Uh, people are remote. I've been to some of my previous employers. Uh, just to visit It's like ghost towns just, Nobody's there anymore It's like you have These big buildings It's almost like Remnants of a former Civilization So everything is remote People have different Priorities How do you keep Your teams together During those times And how do you keep Your vendors together Well you know It, it is like a Post pandemic world But the piece That we have That I'm really excited about is that we were already 100% remote before the pandemic. Okay. So for us, as soon as COVID hit, it was easy for us to shift directly into leading remote. However, we still have those core offices in our Jersey City, you know, where we had a couple floors. And, um, you know, there are those that want to come and have that interaction and meet with their teams every day. Um, And so you're right. Going to that office I did in September, it was a ghost town. And it's kind of sad, but that is the evolution of our world. Um, Getting ready for stars. 
you know, we have a really great executive leadership team and they've been working really hard at coming up with just the right structure for STARS. And um, we've been going through some hiring this year, but we had a really good STARS season. I'm really excited um, for October and, and for second plan preview coming right. up next week just to confirm. So you're happy with your feeling? first plan preview? We did. Okay. So I, I always tell the stories of uh, plan preview was always, I don't miss that. That's one of the few things that I, I don't it. miss. I loved, I loved being a quality executive. I love risk adjustment. I love stars. I especially love going to the to provider groups and arguing with them over value-based care. The plan preview used to get me. I've been in some plans that have some issues with caps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that night I would never really get a lot of sleep and then I'd usually be up early in the morning. Uh, I wanted to get to HPMS before anybody else did and have an understanding. But, you know, I would always be nervous, but it would always be better than I expected when the, when the preview came out. But I know that this year has got to be interesting. It's a little different because last year with stars, because of COVID, I think that the, the box whisker plot, you know, I think the scores were favorable. Whereas this year, I think you're going to regress to the mean just from a national perspective. So some plans were lucky. Some plans were good. You're going to find out who was good. You're going to find out who was lucky. Uh, but it sounds like that you, that you were, that you guys were on the good side, which does not surprise me at all. That's wonderful. It is. And it's interesting because I was reading an article the first of the year and they were saying that about, they were anticipating 90% of MA plans to have a decrease in their star rating wow, for stars twenty three, right? Because I would not want to be in that. Of, you know, for stars twenty twenty two, you know, with the COVID. Well, but you know, the worst thing—it's almost worse to go up to four and then go below four than to stay at three and a half. Right. Like the board, once you get above that four, they're expecting you to be four every year. You get to four and a half, you're expected to be four and a half every year. I don't think anyone expects you to be a five every year, but it's it's just like your blood sugar. Like if your blood sugar is 230 and then it's down to 70 and it's just going up and down, that's wreaking havoc on your body. I think that people at the board level, in my experience, they want to see, see stability mm-hmm. with stars and the people that they entrust their star program with. Um, now, wanted to ask you is we have so much to unpack I want to know about your personal trajectory in your career like how what what excites me and what interests me the most about coming to these conventions I've never met anyone that said when I was eight years old I said to my my parents, when I grow up, I want to be a HEDIS executive. I want to be a risk adjustment executive. I want to chase charts and and look at the GFR and look at the BMI (laughs) to get the the HEDIS adjustment. How did you get into this space? I mean, I know that you're a nurse. There are a lot of people that, that have a nursing background in this space, but obviously nurses, you could be on the wards, you could be doing a whole lot of things uh, on the payer or provider side. What made you want to get into HEDIS? Well, I come from a long line of clinicians. Uh, My mother was a nurse and very proud of her nursing degree of having her license for 70 years from the state of Missouri. You know, she would never give that up. My sister's a provider. My aunts have all been uh, LPNs or nurses. And when I graduated high school, I wanted to go into advertising. And my mother was like, you can do advertising, but you need to get your nursing degree first. Um, So you always have a job, right? So it's just a right of 
passage. Well, and she grew up in, they grew up in the Depression. So there's like that whole different culture. So I went into nursing and never looked back because um, I was able to get that adrenaline rush through the level one trauma centers in the inner cities. Um, So you worked at level one trauma centers, right? I did in St. Louis. You seen people, Um, oh, that's a lot of of trauma in St. Louis. Yeah, I was a triage nurse, a charge nurse. So you see people coming with accidents, the shootings. I remember gang members walking up the driveways with AK-47s coming back. It it was, that was, it was the 90s. It is. And, um, it and then was, East, East St. Louis is arguably one of the roughest places in the country. So yeah. that's, a, that's a rough area. It was area. the 90s. It was, yeah. it was that time of year. Um, but then I went over to the dark side, as they call it, right. of, of health plan. Um, not, you know, I just happened to know someone. And it was interesting because the last day I was working in the pediatric ICU and the attending comes up to me and he's like, Julianne, he goes, why are you going over there? He's like, you make such a big difference to Mm. these little bodies. You know, you're their advocate. Who's going to be their advocate if you're not there? (laughs) And at the time, I didn't know how to answer him. I just knew that I had to make that choice for my family. But, you know, a couple years later, and as, you know, I progressed, it's like, I feel like I make more of an impact and and more of an advocate than ever just at scale for entire population. So I started with Anthem. I, I'm a really good generalist. I it's spent great, eight years great at Great company. I worked UN. with Anthem for yeah, many years. Yeah, 16 years. UN. I was in a joint venture with Anthem in the Midwest. Yes. So. Case management, accreditation, quality, and then went into the startup world and never wow. really left. Now, you said startups. Tell us a little bit. And, you know, we have people on the show in the health cast. We don't ever want to get into proprietary or, or personal mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, Clover... Mm-hmm. One of those, um, and be careful what I say, we've, we've had some news on startups that have not had a lot of success recently. It's, it's out there. You can Google it if you're listening. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name names. Clover is the antithesis of that. Clover has been a startup. They've been very successful. Um, they have a really good culture. They have very high marks on as far as the company culture. Tell us a little bit about Clover and just your experience there, and, and why are you guys succeeding? You know, our mission is the core of where everything is built, and that's improving. It's not easy to get into healthcare just because you have brilliant people. I say this all the time, and I throw myself in there. I'm a pretty good executive. I know people that didn't go to college that have been in this business for 40 years, nurse, you know. they were in medical billing or something like that. Mm-hmm. They run circles around me with, with coding and stars. They just know everything. They remember back ICD-9. I mean, they've been way, they've been around forever. I think sometimes with these private equity companies, we get into the, did somebody go to Stanford? Did they go to Harvard? Did they go to Yale? And to be successful in managed care, you got to have a mix of strategic, brilliant minds, mm-hmm. but you got to have good nurses. You've got to have people that understand the coding. got to have people that understand CMS. It's not necessarily the same skill set. I think when I built my teams, I wanted to have a couple of Harvard MBAs if I could get them, but I wanted to have some people that were in the Air Force or in the military and they did medical billing in the military. They learned, they went through the school of hard knocks. And I think you have, you build a culture that's all inclusive. Well, and that's the culture exactly what we ascribe right. to because that's really how we fulfill our mission because we're really physician enablement company. Um, You know, we're focused on seniors who have historically lacked access to affordable 
high quality care. And um, we started as a Medicare insurer in 2014. Okay. We went public um, just a couple years ago. We're coming up on our anniversary. And we take a totally different approach than what you and I would typically think of like a health plan. We have three core tenants. Um, we focus on offering very affordable, rich benefit plans for Medicare Advantage and also a wide open provider network um, within network and out of network parity. Um, and we feel that if a patient can go to a doctor that they trust in the right. communities trust. where they live, that they're more likely to um, get the care that they deserve and need Absolutely. and engage with those physicians. So where we have really focused is, is building software to support those physicians in those areas, um, such as, you know, 67% of our members about are in areas with the highest social determinant of health. And um, that's our core population. On guard, I'll let you try my Wu-Tang style. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Slants. I went to Hampton. What? What? Yeah, I went to Hampton U. You went to Hampton? Yep. Man, you, we've been doing a show together for a whole year. You just pull it out that you went to Hampton? I never went to class. I was just oh, partying. So you, so you enrolled at Hampton? James Lewis. You didn't I actually, enrolled at Hampton. You didn't actually go to Hampton. Well, I had a couple of good friends. They all went to Hampton, but and I was just sleeping on their couch, so... Man. I went to some of the classes. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is Lance J for MedHealth Clinical. When was the last time you had an annual wellness visit? MedHealth is currently accepting new patients and all major insurance carriers, including Medicare. This experienced team focuses on wellness and disease prevention while developing personalized care plans that mitigate chronic conditions and encourage holistic wellness. To learn more, go to medhealthclinic.com. That's medhealthclinic.com for primary care that's always there.